for joining the Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, we will study the books of Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. During this study, we will learn to have faith in God and follow His leadership, even during the most uncertain times of life. So, grab your copy of the Fall 2022 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. The lesson for today, September the 11th, 2022, is entitled, Claiming the Promised Possession. It comes from Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and verses 14 through 17. The application is, the student will acknowledge that the power of God will open the way for him when he moves by faith. Seeking the Context Israel was finally ready to enter the promised land. It took 40 years to get to this point. Granted, the Lord intended for Israel to remain at Mount Sinai for for a year to receive the law and the plans for the tabernacle, and to understand who God is, and that they were the new nation of God. Deuteronomy 1 and verse 2 tells us that it is an 11-day journey from Horeb, Mount Sinai, to Kadesh Barnea. It took Israel 40 years to make this same journey because they did not believe that God was able to give them the land. Numbers 14, 26-35 Years of God's blessings in the promised land had been lost because of disobedience. How many of us have lost years of God's blessings because of our disobedience? The report of the 12 spies in Numbers 13 and the two spies in Joshua 2 are markedly different. Minus Joshua and Caleb, the spies of Numbers 13 said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Numbers 13:31. The two spies of Joshua 2 said, Truly the Lord has delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Joshua 2:24. What changed? Had God's power and plan changed? No. God had always been able to give this land as he had promised, but it took faith to see it. This is the difference between the spies of Numbers 13 and the spies of Joshua 2. It takes faith to see God's way through to enter into his blessings. What does it take to see that God will do what he promises? Searching the text. Number 1. Seeing the Jordan. Joshua 3 and verse 1. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim, and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. Imagine being an Israelite and camping for three days beside the Jordan that was at flood stage and overflowing its banks. Joshua 3.15 There were many other times when the Jordan would have been easier to cross, but not now. Why did God lead them here when the river was flooded? The people must have been wondering what God's plans were. I wonder if some of the people were beginning to lose faith, thinking about swimming the swift and swelling waters. What would the little children do? And how were they all going to get across? These same people had experienced the crossing of the Red Sea as young children. Maybe they thought back to those days and thought, 
If God can part the sea, then a flooded river will be no challenge at all. In the same manner, we can look back at God's overcoming past challenges in our life to give us confidence in facing new ones. Interestingly, the Bible tells us nothing that the people said as they faced the flooded Jordan. Maybe they said nothing. Maybe theirs was a quiet faith, prayerfully trusting God and waiting on Him to provide the way. We are not called to camp by a flooded river or cross it, but we are called to live in a world of many challenges. Some have mistakenly applied Israel's entering the promised land to entering heaven. We will not have to fight to enter heaven, but we are in a fight in this world. We face Faith challenges every day. We camp in a world flooded with ungodliness and temptation. What does it take to cross over these challenges? Faith. What challenges are you facing right now that only faith can overcome? Number two, seeing the ark. Joshua chapter three, verses two through four. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it that ye may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way hitherto God gave Joshua orders who gave them to the officers who commanded the people. God does not lead us to a place without his direction. When we follow God's perfect will, we will always find the direction we need. The people were given the simple command to follow the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God in verse 3. The Ark of the Covenant was always at the front of Israel's march. It represented the presence of God leading the people. It was also an encouragement to the people that God's presence would go before them and pave the way in their journey to the Promised Land. They were also told to stay back 2,000 cubits, a space of more than a half a mile. The reason for this is that only the priest were to touch the Ark of the Covenant, and this seemed a bit overkill in precaution. Maybe it is the other reason that is more important, that the people could clearly see the way they were to go. The people would have been upon a rise overlooking the Jordan River and could clearly see the path taken by the priest carrying the Ark. How many times have we run ahead of God's direction instead of waiting on the Lord? As it is a sin to lag behind in following the Lord, it is also a sin to run ahead of the Lord's directions. The people were to stay back and watch as the Ark of the Covenant paved the path they were to follow. Are you more prone to lag behind or run ahead of God's directions? Number three. Seeing the Lord. Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 and verses 14 through 17. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. 
And it came to pass, when the people removed from their tent to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priest that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water, for Jordan overflowed all its banks all the time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city of Adam, that is beside Zaratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priest that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground, in the midst of the Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. The river before them and God leading ahead of them. The stage was set for God's miracle. Joshua told the people the day before to sanctify themselves in preparation to see the Lord's wonders. This meant to be especially dedicated and singularly focused on what was happening at the moment with no distractions of work or pleasure. It meant to be completely set apart for the Lord. It may have involved ritualistic washings of the body and clothing and offering sacrifices, but most of all, it meant to be ready to do what the Lord commanded. Jesus prayed that we would be sanctified by the truth, which is the word of God, John 17, verse 17. And churches are said to be sanctified and cleansed by the washing of water by the word, Ephesians 5, 26. In salvation, we have the washing of regeneration, Titus 3, 5. But there is the need for daily cleansing, sanctifying that comes through hearing and heeding God's word. This makes us ready to see God's great wonders in our lives and ready to do what he commands. On the following day, Joshua said, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua 3.9 Joshua told the people exactly what God was about to do. Verses 10 through 13. And it happened just as he said. The priest carried the ark to the brim of the Jordan, and immediately when their feet touched the waters, an invisible dam of God's powerful presence stopped the flooding Jordan and backed up the waters. The reference to the city of Adam near Zaratan seems to indicate that the waters backed up that far or were cut off at this place which is about 15 miles north from that location going south to the Salt Sea or Dead Sea, the waters dried up and the people crossed on dry ground. This miraculous wonder of God was absolutely astounding and the people knew that the living God was among them. Verse 10. I cannot help but notice the similarities between the Red Sea crossing of Exodus and the Jordan River crossing here. Verse 17 tells us that the people passed over on dry ground in the Jordan River, just as the people walked on dry ground through the Red Sea, Exodus 14, 22, and 29. The word heap 
in Joshua 3.16, describing the growing wall of water in the Jordan, is the same word that Moses used in his song to describe the parting of the Red Sea, Exodus 15.8. And the psalmist used to describe the same in Psalm 78.13. As the Exodus began, so it ended with God's powerful presence providing safe passage. Moses said it aptly, and he brought us out from hence, that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. Deuteronomy 6, 23. Can you think of a time when God provided a way for you to cross over a seemingly impossible challenge? Setting the application. Make no mistake, God brought them out and God brought them in. When Israel sinned against God with the golden calf at Mount Sinai, the Lord told Moses that his presence would not go with Israel, but instead he would send an angel to guide the way, Exodus 33, 1-3. Moses begged God to go with them and went so far as to say, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence, Exodus 33, verse 15. In other words, Moses said, If God was not going with them, he did not want to go at all. I think we should have the same desperation for God's presence and guidance in our lives. When God moves and commands us to follow, we move following his guidance. It takes faith to follow God through the river or the sea. If we have no faith, we are tempted to go back to where we think it is safe, as Israel desired many times to go back to Egypt, Numbers 14, 3. Instead of following God into what seems dangerous, we would rather stay bound to our sameness and seeming safety. When the other spies of Numbers 13 said no, Joshua said go. The Lord is with us. Fear them not, Numbers 14, 9. That is faith. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 1 John 5, 4. What is God directing you to do that will take great faith to obey? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying again with you next week as we continue going through Joshua, Judges, and Ruth, learning to live victoriously in uncertain times. Until then, join us daily for our daily devotionals at www.adultstudyguide.org bogardpress.org.